Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Ecomsi. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of Ecomsi. Today we have two special guests. Their names are Leah McCall and Chris McCabe, who are the who are part of the team of e-commerce Chris, which is actually an agency that helps you with everything that has to do with a account and listing restatements. Today's episode actually is gonna be around the topic, which I know is requested a lot. And we're gonna talk uh, talk about what are the best practices, things to avoid, and how to control this type of issues when it comes to your Amazon business. Now, without any further delay, let me introduce you guys. Thank you for coming. How are you doing today? Pretty good. good. Yeah, thanks for thanks having, us. having us. It's a pleasure. I mean, for sure I have been... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I mean, I follow you guys for a long time. I have seen what you guys do in social media, conferences. I know you guys are one of the best in the space. So I think it's it's a pleasure to have you on and for sure share some tips around how to avoid and mitigate all these issues when it comes to account and listing suspensions. Now, before we jump into today's topic, I always like to give to the our audience a bit of background about who you guys are, how you got started into the e-commerce space, and then for sure we can then kickstart the topic side of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I came up with the idea because I, I saw a lot of things at Amazon that weren't properly explained to sellers. So while I was still working at Amazon, what's known as the seller performance teams, I, I noticed the need for better communication with sellers. Sometimes I started understanding that there could be somebody like me between sellers and Amazon who could explain how the appeals process worked. If a listing was taken down, how to figure out why Amazon yeah. is big on telling you why they do things, right? Um, that's something that hap happened a lot when I was there and it existed from the time I left right through till today. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we understood that people needed help strategizing appeals for reinstatement because if it's not their main listing, it's their entire account, perhaps <laughs> yeah, their entire okay. business is shut down and, and these are high stakes appeals. So yeah. taking it seriously is important. Um, and we were trying to discourage people from just winging it or just experimenting because you can't always undo the damage of a, of a poorly constructed mm -hmm. appeal. Um, yeah. So that's where this kind of began, began several years ago. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I think this service for sure helps a lot of people because I find a lot when working with our clients as well, that whenever they get an account suspended or listing, the first thing that they do is panic and try to answer like yep. thousands of things in the same first appeal. And yeah. that makes, yeah, it crashes the whole thing. Yeah. So I think for sure having professional like yourself that understand how Amazon thinks, what they want to see on the appeal and how mm -hmm. to move forward is key because most people react based on emotions. And for sure, I think you can agree that that most of the time can make a damage that is difficult to repair, right? Yeah, and it's also a lot easier if you're one step removed to actually see mm -hmm. problems 
on the business yeah. side. We're not as emotionally attached to. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, we're seeing hundreds or thousands of accounts all of the time. So it's easier for us to see yeah, trends in what Amazon is doing and patterns and, and predict kind of what their next move is going to be, which you just don't get yeah. to see when you're looking just in your own account right. all of the time. Right. And the complexity of the things that like Leah works on, a lot of compliance issues, a lot of brand registry, we get these emails with, these are multifaceted <laughs> problems yeah. where yeah. knowledge of the internal workings of these teams, plus the knowledge of how to appeal it properly by writing the right things and leaving certain things out. There's like two, three, four different steps. And we don't meet a lot of brands, even brands that have been selling for years on Amazon don't understand how to approach yeah. it the right way and they get stuck pretty quickly, so. Yeah, for sure. I think there is a lot of details that people miss, which is actually gonna make me jump right away into my first question of the day, which is around account suspensions. So I think we can start today by talking what are the typical mistakes you see people doing that for sure is creating that typical account suspension that you think, oh my God, everybody's falling for it and they're getting their account suspended. So if you can briefly touch on that. There are a lot of reasons for account suspension. Uh, we always get asked what is the most common reason. Well, I don't know if there is, a, it changes. Uh, yeah. IP infringement is certainly a regular right. one Not that we've been seeing IP. for years. Um, I think condition complaints may be the most common though, where it's just product quality issues. Yeah. Item quality complaints, but also just high level, we can say not understanding policies. Yeah. Not understanding <laughs> the policies themselves. Yeah variety of policies can suspend the account but not understanding the policy on its face or misinterpreting it to suit your needs as a seller and not amazon's needs because amazon probably wrote policies and guidelines for a reason right Be because yes. they want to enforce a certain way so we it's not just sellers i mean it's also third-party services offering certain marketing or offering services interpret policies certain ways so that they can make money selling services to sellers and so yeah. they sometimes advise sellers, this is our interpretation of the policy. So run with this and you'll make more and your revenue will grow. And the seller doesn't stop and think, well, is their interpretation of the policy the way Amazon sees this? Is this how Amazon wants to yeah. enforce it? I think they don't stop and think and talk about in how enforcement teams operate. I think that was my biggest surprise when I started doing this. And I think for a lot of sellers until they get suspended is also <laughs> is that the people that we're working with aren't people who were intentionally breaking the rules. Usually yeah. it was, they didn't know the policy or they didn't yeah. know what was happening on the account because they had hired somebody else to take over right. it. It's, it's very rare that we see something where people are intentionally breaking the rules and get suspended because of that. I mean, that does happen, but the vast yeah. majority of people don't realize that what they're doing is wrong until they're suspended. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was just going to touch on that. I have seen lately a lot, especially in social media and these channels, that a lot of the suspension nowadays, which is due to the missing information, is when it comes to opening the account. I see a lot of people now saying, oh, my account got suspended. I didn't even have the chance to open the account. And I think people get frustrated because you don't even have a communication like a raising case support or things like that. So just touching on that because i know a lot of people might be seeing this and they are just sellers that are getting started what advice will you adv uh, give to people when opening an account to avoid that mistake of getting accounts suspended just on the first try <laughs> study your documentation <laughs> yeah. extremely closely it's not just that i think people before they try to sell on amazon need to study 
a lot of resources are already out there on mistakes you can make when you're trying to register an account. And most of the people who fail verification that we talk to haven't studied anything. They think yeah, it's be easy. They think it'll be as simple as doing as buying something online. Maybe I don't know what their misconceptions <laughs> are, but there's a wealth of information. It's not just on Amazon's website. It's on websites like ours. It's on other people's websites that tell you how easy it is to get suspended immediately. Yeah. And, and I honestly don't recommend people start trying to sell unless they're, they have some capital mm -hmm. and some resources. Yeah. So that if sure. they have trouble early, they can invest that in a service like ours or just in somebody to help them. Because when they try to get themselves unstuck, they don't understand the appeals process and they've never sold on Amazon before. So they don't really have any Amazon experience. So they've got, yes. they've got like a two front war that they're trying to fight. And yes. Without capital. You definitely shouldn't be opening yeah. an account unless you have all of the documentation. Yes. Exactly matches the information in your seller account. Just yes. like change in the way the, the address is formatted and calls yeah. and verification. So you need to make sure that if you're setting up a corporation or an LLC, case may be that you already have that set up and you already have all of that documentation ready to go before Amazon asks for it. Yeah, and for sure. They didn't ask for. We see a lot of people who like have a utility bill, so they send seven other documents. And oh yeah, I've seen that a lot. Yeah, so, and then uh, and well, then it becomes more difficult for sure. More things you send are not correct. It's more well, difficult for you. Ignoring you, the more yeah. stuff you send, at a certain point they just stop paying attention, and then you have little chance of getting reinstated at that point. That's great. People um, don't understand that there are unsupported countries. That if you're based yeah. in an unsupported country, you automatically will be denied. They don't even. It's kind of like you got to do your homework before you start a business. You know. Um, Amazon homework's very specific. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think now um, that you're touching on that, that a lot of people start appealing without understanding the case. I think a big issue as well sometimes is that Amazon sometimes is not very clear about what is the cause of your account getting suspended. I mean, they give you, of course, a frame around what is the issue around. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I talk to people that they don't really have a clue of what's going on. So right. I would yeah. like to briefly touch on what are usually the first steps that you should take to start thinking what actually made that suspension happen? Yeah, I mean, it does depend on the kind of suspension. Uh, certainly, um, if it's a condition complaint, sometimes that'll come in as a used sold as new is the reason from Amazon, or it'll come in as an inauthentic. Those are the two that I think are the least understood by sellers. Usually they'll see used sold as new and they'll just reply back, we only sell new products, this is wrong not realizing that it, it doesn't matter if you're selling new products, if there's a damage or a defective item that could cause a buyer to think that your product is used. So it's really trying to figure out why would somebody think it's used. And so in those cases, you need to start looking at return reasons and buyer feedback and recent A to Z claims. Voice of the customer is good because it puts it all together for you. Um, but you need to kind of look at, okay, so I only sell new products. Why would somebody think that this is used and then investigate that? The other complaint, uh, the other suspension reasons are a little bit easier to understand. If you get IP complaints, you obviously know yeah. that you're getting IP complaints. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, people selling their stuff on Amazon without even getting into brand registry, not being trademark registered, you know, um, these are rookie mistakes, but you can't necessarily recover from a page that's continually hijacked over and over by people yes. because it's considered a generic 
product, a generic listing, not a branded listing. You lose all rights or any control over it. Uh, other people can contribute to that page or change the images or eventually Amazon just pulls the ASIN down if it's too much friction, too many problems. And people just didn't do their homework with the trademark registration before they got into brand registry and they're too hasty and too unprepared to sell. And that creates a lot of problems. And if you, if you do investigate your account and maybe, you know, have somebody else take a look at it and neither of you can figure out why you were suspended. Sometimes you do have to consider the possibility that another seller is messing with you. Uh, we see that a lot. Excuse me. Bless you. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Bless you. A lot with like pesticide warnings or restricted product warnings where there's nothing on your detail page that would imply that your product is a pesticide right. or a drug, but somebody has gone in and, you know, put hidden in the back end. Yeah. to make it look like you're selling Viagra or something. Right. Yeah. Or you're selling illegal drugs or you're selling something. <laughs> I mean, a lot you of just, people... You just can't jump to the conclusion that this is obviously abuse because we do see that a lot. And then I take a look at the product detail page and I'm like, well, you just said this. <laughs> so it, you, you do have to check yourself first. <laughs> but yeah. if you do and you can't find anything, there is a possibility that there is abuse going on. Right. Or, or people hijack your pages, not for the purposes of changing what's sold there so that they can sell more. They hijack pages for the purposes of defacing it right. and to just take out their competition. So changing the images, putting weird stuff in the bullets that just makes makes it unfriendly to buyers. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a big trap because then when people don't understand why they're getting suspended, just as you mentioned, you start ruffling around you waste your first appeal, which I think for sure is the most important because that's actually something I want to touch today, which is huh? if you don't do the, the thing, the work correctly in your first appeal, I have the, the, the feeling that the importance that they give you is less and less. So the more cases you keep opening, I feel that they just reach the point they don't even pay attention to you anymore. Yeah, absolutely. So, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So can you briefly touch on how important is that first appeal? Because some, some people might think, oh, instead of paying a service, I'm just going to raffle a few cases. And then if it doesn't work, then pay for it. But the reality is that actually sometimes worth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely cases that are too far gone for us to inherit. We just can't help at a certain point. They've burned too many bridges. Yeah. Um, we, we see a lot of that. They've come to us and they've already, it's not just one. It's the trend is they've already escalated at several places randomly. With it's not, they find an email address and it, it's not just about where they send it. They write some unacceptable content. It might not even be relevant for their appeal. They might just be reading on the forums or reading like generic posts and they say, yeah. Oh, that's me. That's what happened to me. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna compare myself to this situation. And then it sounds good in their head, but then when they put it together and they send it to Amazon, they look at it and they're like, what is this person talking about? None of this. Yeah, is it really needs to be specific to your case. I've even seen people use a POA that I have written right. for somebody else. And then they're yeah. like, oh, this didn't work because it had absolutely nothing to yeah. do with their problem. Um, so sure. anybody who's looking at buying templates, one, Amazon can see templates a mile away. We're at the point yeah. where we can identify them and we're not reviewing as many as yeah. <laughs> you know where they got them. Yeah. It's from services that are kind of quote unquote services, but they're just copying. Yeah. <laughs> so we know who they hired without even having to ask anymore. Right. Because there are so many template peddlers and they're just trying to make a buck and they're trying to make a yeah. buck at, at seller expense. If you're not course. even on the right track in the first few appeals then yeah, the investigators are going to just start ignoring you. 
it, you want I mean, to be on you want to be at least heading in the right direction yeah for sure I, I think you touch on something very interesting which is you have seen people going outside of amazon to find a solution and that's something a question that i wanted to bring today which is uh, have you found yourself on the scenario that sometimes with case support you can really find the solution and, and you need to start implementing these things that you just mentioned like sending an email to like jeff bezos the typical solution that we heard a couple of months ago or now with the new twitter they just open with seller support right so right. can you briefly touch on is there sometimes an hybrid solution that you need to mix both channels to appeal something or you feel that case support is really everything that you need yeah, yeah. and I it's think it's not always the same thing part of the problem is that people just started saying right to jeff right to jeff yeah <laughs> everyone did it for everything all the time there was, there was yeah. no rhyme or reason to is this going to change over time so now that's really dated people are using really dated techniques well, you can't you know a lot of people will try to escalate a case to get it resolved faster um escalating should not be your first step you they're really the only justification you can really have for escalating is if amazon is at fault so mm -hmm. if you've written a fantastic plan of action you've implemented it you've showed them all of the documentation that they've asked for and they're either ignoring you or denying it that's a reason for escalation if you've written a really crappy poa yeah. and it's rejected and you're just upset that it was rejected that is not a reason for an escalation and your escalations are just going to get ignored or on twitter they're just going to you know tell you to look at the notification that they sent you the other week when they rejected your plan of action you really only should be escalating if amazon is at fault if, yeah. if you aren't doing what they've asked you to do that's not a valid reason for escalation and it's just not going to go anywhere plus you'll have burned those bridges so if you do decide to hire somebody to help you, it makes it that much more difficult to get them to pay attention to you again, because you've not just wasted seller performances time, you've now wasted a bunch of executives time as well and executive seller relations. Yeah, for sure. And, and when it comes to account suspension, um, for sure, there are different type of levels of uh, things that you can do to get your account suspended. <laughs> so I wanted to briefly touch on, is there any type of suspension that as soon as you see, you think, there isn't really any solution. I mean, for sure, there are some that's cases that you think there's nothing we can do about. And if you can briefly touch on that kind of scenarios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't take cases where uh, documentation has been forged. Yeah. Fraud. Mm -hmm. <laughs> any yeah, kind of fraud. Sure. Yeah, any kind we of fraud, you're probably not getting reinstated. Which, which we don't take on reviews abuse cases anymore where they've clearly been abusing the, you know, boosting their positive reviews, yeah. illicit or fraudulent means. Um, any kind of fraud, it's it's so late in the day for people to yeah. think they can get away with that on Amazon. And it shows us that they're either just not in not interested in following the law, mm -hmm. not yeah. interested in following Amazon's rules, or they're just not taking it seriously. And we don't need to do business with anyone who falls into that category. Uh, code of conduct is a lot yeah. more difficult to get reinstated from than other types of suspensions, um, which isn't just fraud. It also includes things like spam. Yeah. Like right? if you're, if you're, if you're <laughs> spamming Amazon, if you're unprofessional in your communication with Amazon. You know, we see, yeah. we've seen people swearing at seller support. We've seen people putting like entire emails in all caps. All caps. You, they really hate they all really caps. Do not, like all caps. do not do all caps. <laughs> so like yeah. you can get suspended for being unprofessional. Yeah. Their team. For sure. 
And and they right. and when you're suspended for code of conduct, you're not just suspended, you're signed out of your account. Right. So now wow. you can only appeal via email cues. You don't have any portal. It's more tricky. They call it they call it inappropriate contact, whether it's an inappropriate contact to Amazon, another seller or a buyer. Um, they've reached the point where they're zero tolerant. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> they don't care. But it's not just an Amazon thing, right? Like if you can't yeah. control your emotions, you don't belong in business anyway. Yeah, for sure. It happens to me as well. Yeah. Or you don't sure. maybe don't want to own your own Amazon business. Maybe you want to work for somebody else's, but you can't deal with other stakeholders in this ecosystem if you can't control, you know, if you get upset that easily. We know that Amazon's frustrating to deal with. We're not saying that they're yeah. not. Um, and you can get pushy. Yeah. Definitely yeah, yeah. pushy. We're not saying don't press the, if you're <laughs> well, in you the- You can be polite. I mean. Well, yeah, but you don't Amazon have to Amazon makes be, mistakes all the time. You, know, you, you can, can press do them. It. You can do it without yelling and you can do yeah. it without swearing and you can do right. it without calling someone an idiot, which we've also- yeah. <laughs> Or just yeah. doing it with factual information. Right. The other thing is it's not just using bad words using facts and using yeah. data to make to your back up not just i'm going to write a really long letter you know? i don't know yeah. i thought it was an american thing um, yeah. like, like i'm going to write a letter and it's going to show how angry i am and i'm going to make it really long without yeah. any proof yeah like I'm gonna make at least two pages i i i thought that was an american thing because i just don't remember hearing about it in travels in other countries <laughs> you write the reason I bring up the length, if you write long emails to Amazon, no one reads it. Yeah. Giving I mean, them how many emails they read per day? I mean, it's like. Yeah. So an investigator has about four minutes per investigation, approximately. Right. So if you're sending them 12 pages wow. of a plan right. plus all of your documentation, right. they're just going to reject it immediately. Right. Yeah. Or a list of demands. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, thrust. start crying or they message oh. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. The crying doesn't work either mm -hmm. because Amazon is kind of neutral to tears, I would say at this yeah. point. Um, yeah. They want to figure out from their own self-interest if they want you back. They yeah. don't consider sellers partners. They don't consider this a favor they're doing for you. They don't want to do or need to do anyone any favors. The favor is letting you sell if you meet their criteria, if you're somebody they want around. Right. And the fa their favorite sellers yeah. are the ones that they never have to look at. Right. It's not <laughs> that's money that you're making them. Obviously, they want you to make them money, but they also want to never have to talk to you or never have to look. <laughs> yeah, at you. you don't exist. <laughs> so if you can be yeah. a quiet seller, um, that's, that's the perfect. Like. Yeah. They Great. don't want seller performance. Was all about how many times do we have to investigate this account? Do we have yeah. to do it once a week? Do we have to do it once a month? Do we have to do it once a year or never? Guess what? once a year or never is what they want because they already have really full email queues and tons of investigations backed up every day for other stuff that they already have to do. So that's great. I mean, yeah, for sure. I totally agree with you. I think it's a mixture of all those points that make a huge difference between getting suspended or not. <laughs> no, mm -hmm. Now we talk about the account suspensions of things, but the reality is that those are not only the suspensions you can get, you can also get Listen, suppression and suspension. Right. So I want to briefly touch on that. What are usually the main causes that you find when listings get suppressed or suspended? No. Same thing, really, as what we were talking compliance. about. Um, and compliance, product compliance is a big one at the moment. Amazon's particularly sensitive to that. Um, so as I mentioned before, um, things like pesticide claims or drug claims uh, or products that just don't have the documentation that it's supposed to have. 
from whatever governing body is responsible yeah. for this sort of product. Um, but then also, you know, the condition complaints are something that we see a lot of listings taken down for. So you'll use mm -hmm. inauthentic mm -hmm. IP. Yeah. Usually you will have a few listings blocked before an account gets suspended. Those are like your warning shots. Yeah. Um, even if you don't want to sell that product again, it's worth investigating and worth appealing just for the health of your account. Of the account. And also worth looking at all of your listings. I've I haven't had many cases where the issue was just on one listing, uh, but Amazon only warns for one or a couple. Those are your cue to look at your entire account and make sure those problems aren't everywhere because eventually they will just suspend the account if they have to keep coming back and warning you about the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a key point. I think sometimes people, just as you mentioned, they have 50 products, but they have five products or three products that are suspended. And they think just by don't touching them, it doesn't affect. But for sure, I think in the long term, that that decreases your score in your account, right? And mm -hmm. it can well, yeah. Account. And so an investigator will look at your account and decide whether to suspend it or send another warning or block another listing. So if they see, like, we've already warned you about this however many times, and they see no indication from you that you've improved anything, they're just going to suspend the account. They're not going to keep blocking listings. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. So I think now to start concluding today's episode, I always like to ask if there is any other type of advice or maybe specific topic around account or listing suspension that you feel we, we didn't cover today and you feel it would be beneficial for the audience to get value out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Proactive reviews, proactive reviews of a listing. Like a lot of people are hiring a listing optimization agency or they're doing it in-house hiring an expert, proactively reviewing that content before it goes live to prevent mm. just a quick immediate suspension. Because don't forget, it's not just loss of revenue from that one listing when they suspend the listing, it also negatively impacts your account health. So there's two problems right away. And then the third problem might be the amount of time you spend trying to troubleshoot and appeal it, right? Yeah. Uh, my quote from Office Space for the older people who <laughs> that movie is, uh, is this good for the company? Whenever you're unsure. Amazon. Is it if, good for Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> when, whenever you're making a decision and you're maybe not sure if it's okay with Amazon or you think you found a loophole, just think if everybody on the platform did this, would be, this be good or bad for Amazon and their customers? And if the answer is no, don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Amazon serious sellers, people who want to make a long-term play. It's not a quick score website or marketplace. They want to see brands that are interested in listing a new SKU next year or yeah. another brand. And then maybe they need another account for another brand and there's growth, right? Yes. So that, I mean, individual Amazonians are probably interested in growing brands because they can pad their metrics with that. But beyond, that, beyond that, they're making more money, right? And that's what they care about. More selection, more money, good, good, good prices, happy customers. So just keep great. keep that in mind and uh, play by the rules, please. <laughs> That's great. I mean, amazing advice. Thank you for sharing that. I think, first of all, I want to thank you once again for coming, guys. I mean, all the knowledge you guys dropped today is it's amazing. I know you have extensive experience on this field, so I appreciate your time for coming today. And before... Before we conclude today's episode, I want to give you a few minutes just to share where people can find you, your website, any events coming up. Some people can have a, a look at that for sure. You can definitely find us in Oregon. Bend, Oregon. <laughs> Bend, Oregon uh, is our conference, Seller Velocity Conference. So maybe we can include the link. Uh, yeah, for sure in the description. 
uh, April 28th and 29th. So this year we've got a lot of great content, great speakers uh, for a two-day event in Oregon. Yeah, the focus is scaling your business or scaling your brand this year. So we have an investment panel. We have a whole lot of industry veterans. We have uh, Chris Alabiasi, uh, mm -hmm. who's talking about expanding into the Middle East. Um, it's yeah. going to be a really good couple of days and hope you guys can join us. Uh, if you can't join us, then you can find us at Chris.com. <laughs> right. Right. Any <laughs> questions? Correct. Any questions on anything we talked about today? We're happy to make time to answer. So just let us know. Contact us. That's great. So yeah, thank thank you for sharing that. So for sure, we keep in touch. See you in the next one, and take care, guys. Okay. You too. Thank bye you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it. We would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.